welcome to Retailies Podcast. I'm Kylie Ross Seibert, joined as always with Joey Morgan. And today's guest is Gary Hughes from Gangster Dog. Welcome to the show, Gary. Hey, thank you. It's great to have you here. Um, first off, maybe it might be best for you to sort of give an overview of, of Gangster Dog and uh, what you guys do. Uh, well, Gangster Dog is, we like to tell people it's a dog bakery. Um, we, we say it's a dog bakery, but that always confuses people because they, uh, they don't quite know what a dog bakery is. We're a full-blown pet shop, but just for dogs. We don't sell dogs. We don't do grooming. We don't do any veterinary stuff, but we're a full-blown pet shop. The, what makes us different is we have a dog bakery as the center of the, the, the pet store. So we, we interesting. So yeah. just, just dogs, you said. Just dogs. Yep. The, uh, so you've got a dog so you can you know yeah Actually, we both have dogs so yeah, <laughs> cat, well. but nobody knows what a cat wants no that is true unless they sniff it out or something but <laughs> well, then they change their mind so where are you yeah. located uh, so we have two and a half stores we have a store in louisville kentucky um the we have a store in yorktown uh virginia at the waterfront and then we have a satellite store inside of Toby's Doghouse. It's a gourmet hot dog restaurant on Jamestown Road in Williamsburg. And we're trying our best to negotiate a lease to be on Duke of Gloucester Street. And as you guys know, it's called Dog Street. And so we would be the only dog store on Dog Street. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Why okay. so spread out? Why the uh, Kentucky and then the Williamsburg? Well, so we started in Kentucky. So we started the company eight years ago over a martini, believe it or not. My wife and I were, yeah, it's, it's the best way to be able to be creative. Uh, the, in chemistry, alcohol is always a solution, okay? And so anyway, the, my wife and I, we were sitting at, at, at a restaurant having a martini uh, eight, a little over eight years ago. And we had this cool little dog and he was supposed to be a purebred dog, but it turns out he was just so mixed up. There was no, he was supposed to be a Norwich Terrier. No Norwich in him at all. And we had his DNA done. He's just this mixed breed dog. And, but he's so cool looking. People were always asking what he was. And I would say he's a gangster dog. <laughs> and instead of saying he was a mutt. Well, the, um, we're sitting there at dinner and, and my, my, I said to my wife, I said, you know, Boo the Pomeranian and Grumpy Cat, they've made their owners millions of dollars. Why don't we do something fun with this dog? And she said, okay. This, you know, she's very agreeable when we have alcohol and she says, okay. And, um, so I pull out my phone, go to GoDaddy, and we start coming up with names for a business. And she, um, after a while, she says, you know, you call him a gangster dog. What about that? And so I checked gangsterdog.com on, on, uh, go, on GoDaddy. It was available. So I bought it. I bought all the iterations of gangster dog. And w then I went to the secretary of state website and registered, at, registered, registered the company as an LLC. And we had a, we had a business like, and we didn't finish our first martini. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know what we were going to do, but, um, <laughs> but it had a great name. But we had a great name. And so a couple of weeks goes by, my wife and my daughter were supposed to go to a Christmas cookie decorating class. And the, at the last minute, our daughter canceled and my wife says, I already paid for this. Do you want to go? And I said, sure. Why not? So I go to this cookie decorating class. It's me and 30 women decorating Christmas cookies. And I dominated. I rocked the world there. I was like a Michelangelo of Christmas cookies. Mm -hmm. I even ran circles around the instructor. I didn't even know I had it in me. 
And so we came home. I, I whipped up a batch of, uh, I had to look it up because I didn't bake. I had to look up uh, the recipe for making gingerbread men from scratch. And I made up a batch of gingerbread men when they cooled. I decorated them as motorcyclists because I ride. And the, uh, I told my wife when I was done, I said, that was fun. She goes, that's it. That's what you need to do. You need to make dog biscuits. Nice. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of circumstance, but ended up being a very, you know, successful, cool idea. Well, it, the, the universe kind of talks to us, we feel like, as when it, now not in an, an ethereal way. It's just um, when you're presented with an opportunity, don't automatically turn it down. And so we started, what we did is we started as just, oh, uh, I, well, I contacted the artist that did the hundredth anniversary logo for Harley Davidson to do a logo and I hired him. And so you didn't the, start low here. <laughs> you yeah, we, we, we were, we started on logo right away. Okay. And so I had a picture of Bruiser. Bruiser's the dog that's in the logo. He's, he's our, uh, he's the, he's our dog. One of our four. Well, he, um, he has sunglasses he wears when he's on a motorcycle with me or when he's in the Jeep and the doors and the top are off. And so I had a picture, this great picture of him in sunglasses. So I sent that to the artist and said, I want to use this. And I had a vision of it being like the Wendy's logo where it was detachable to where you could use uh, the dog face and the logo or use them together or whatever. And so he started working. It took him a year to get it right. Mm -hmm. And so in that year, my wife and I were designing dog recipes. We would research what a dog could and could not have, what was good for dogs, what was bad for dogs. Uh, and we started making dog biscuits around that. And if you had a dog on Facebook, I would friend you and then offer to send you free dog biscuits. So for a year, we sent free dog biscuits all over the country. You were building uh, a database of clients okay. already. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we tested with everybody we knew that had dogs. We would carry them with us and we would give somebody our card and, and our cards look awful at the beginning, but we just carried a card and dog biscuits. So we want you to try this. Tell us what your dog thinks. And, you know, we tested to make sure the, we, we did testing for everything from whether a dog liked it, how well it shipped, did it ever mold, so on and so forth. Uh, we're the only company I know of that knows how to make fruit-based dog biscuits that won't mold and we don't use preservatives. Mm. And so it's just, it was just fun. It was so much fun. Well, so then we, we started up, we said everything we were doing, we was going to stay ultra low risk at the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. this was a whim. This was something we did over a drink. And so we started with a five foot table at a farmer's market and we set up our dog biscuits. And the, I remember the day we sold our first dog biscuit. And I remember the Saturday when we sold our first hundred dollars. And I was like, everybody was telling us nobody is going to spend a dollar fifty to two dollars on a dog biscuit. They're just not going to do it. Okay. Have but they, when you have they met dog owners before? I was going to say, don't underestimate oh, yeah. the dog owner. <laughs> yeah, I was a dog owner, and I, I mean, I, I knew better. Well, yeah. anyway, so this we had all these na naysayer friends. Well, the funny thing is, all these naysayer friends want to work for me now. <laughs> <laughs> they say, and you know, right. we can do this and we can do that. But, so you, uh, you were manufacturing at home. And, oh, just, yeah. and using like a farmer's markets and stuff. So when did you like then decide, okay, we're big enough to get a storefront? Well, so we ended up, we bought a, a trailer. I had a, a custom trailer made. Uh, people in the, the Hampton Roads area have probably seen me driving around with it, but the, it's got the logos all over it. And, um, but it was a mobile store. So we grew from having one farmer's market then to being in the largest farmer's market in the state and then being in five farmer's markets a week. 
And so I had this mobile store. I would just pull up, open up. I would spread out 30 feet of tables, fill it with merchandise. And it got to where I was like a carny. I was doing a setup and teardown every day. I had to actually retire from my job early to do farmer's markets. Wow. And um, the, uh, uh, and I was a project manager for Churchill Downs. You know, that, that big race that happens in May. So the, uh, but they've got casinos and all kinds of stuff like this, but I was a project manager for them and I actually had to retire early. And so we, um, we, we opened our first store in Louisville and then had the opportunity after the store had been open a couple of years, we had the opportunity to move to the Hampton Roads area because I wanted to, I wanted, I've always wanted to live on the beach my whole life. I wanted to live on the beach and we've got grown kids in Louisville. We have one grown kid I, is that even the right word grown kids right words I, I, I have a i have grown I adult children how's that and, and <laughs> the the three in louisville one here we have nine grandchildren and a year and a half ago though the our son here had identical twins oh. and so we said my wife said let's move to virginia because the kids in louisville all know us so we'll move to Virginia and get to know those grandkids. And I make them cry every time they see me. So, you know, that part was not, was not great. But anyway, the, uh, and I'm not mean to them. It's just, they, they just cry. Um, I'll be their favorite grandpa eventually. Don't you worry. But, uh, uh, so we moved out here and when we were buying our house, the people that were selling the house to us, the, the, the week of closing, they backed out. And we ended up being stuck in a 700 square foot apartment with four dogs and two suitcases because everything you owned was in, in, was in storage. And so on a Sunday in November, we went to Yorktown and just to look around and there were people everywhere and there were dogs everywhere. And I said, we've got to open a store here. We just have to. And I contacted Jim Noel with uh, the economic development and he goes, yeah, we just happen to have a store available. So I said, I, I mean, I was saying I'll take it before I knew anything about it. So I met up with Jim, we walked on the store. I said, this is mine. And we opened a second store there and it's been unbelievable. So for example, our Louisville store, dog toys, I might have to order dog toys um, uh, about every three months, I'll replenish all of our dog toys. At the Yorktown store, after yesterday, we've been open for two months. Yesterday makes my 20th dog toy order in two months. Wow. It's been unreal. That's great. Yeah. Is that where you're living in Yorktown? Did you get, did you end up getting to your beach? Oh, we did. We've got a house in um, East Ocean View on okay. there in Norfolk, which is, that actually has worked out pretty well because we sell dog food, our dog food that we, we have manufactured for us. We're one of the only boutique stores that I know of that has their own line of dog food. And the, uh, so our dog food, we package it in a growler. It's a five gallon FDA approved bucket with a gamma seal lid that screws on and off. And it keeps the dog food real fresh. And when your food gets low, you bring it back to the store and I refill it with fresh food. That's so, great. But it's the benefit of being over here in Norfolk is that I have customers that are on the peninsula that go to the Yorktown store to get the refills. But if we're on the South side, they just come over by the house. <laughs> and I refill them right here. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm in Norfolk and I was thinking it's too bad you're so far away, but I might uh, have to check that out then. Oh, no. And, and yeah, if you're close to me, I'll even, you know, I'll even deliver it to you. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you. <laughs> you, do, um, you do ship as well, like anywhere. 
I, well, I ship everything except dog food. Right, right. Obviously. So I keep the margins to where the company's profitable, mm -hmm. but the I I know I can buy any dog food that this manufactured, and I know what people pay for dog food. The margins on dog food are so so slim that a lot of companies, uh, the large big box stores, use dog food as a loss leader. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So they actually make pennies on a bag of dog food when they sell it and ship it, especially when they're doing the free shipping stuff. So I just say, I don't ship dog food. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I reserve the dog food side of the business for the people that are local and dedicated to the store. Okay. So in doing that, I try to create some type of brand loyalty with our dog food. Right. So. I say, because I, um, I know we had a quick discussion previously about your views on marketing um, with your brand loyalty and getting customers and, you know, versus brand preference. I wanted to get your views on that very quickly because I know we don't have a lot of time in this podcast, but uh, I thought it was quite interesting. Well, so brand brand loyalty is for people that, that my, I've got a, a son-in-law, for example, he will drive nothing but a Ford. He loves Ford motor vehicles. Okay. And the, um, uh, a person that is that dedicated to something, they have brand loyalty. Uh, a person that wants to have, let's say that you drink Pepsi, but you're, you know, you're at the grocery store and they have Coke on sale. And you say, well, I want to save a few pennies, I'll buy Coke. Okay, you have brand preference. Mm -hmm. so somebody has brand preference will spend the majority of their money on their brand, but they won't be afraid to buy something else. Somebody with brand loyalty will buy only that product. So what I did is, is on the dog food, I tried to create a brand loyalty because they've got the bucket, they've got to get the refills. It's a really, really good, it's an ultra premium food. And then for brand preference, we put our logo on everything. And it is, I mean, we, we overrun you with logos. When you walk out of the store, you'll have logos on your merchandise. You'll have logo, logos on your bags that's around the merchandise. Then you have logos on the big bag that you have that's carrying everything. And when you come in the store, you go at the Yorktown store. When you go in the store, you go past our logo at least four times. Just going in the store. And do you think that that has a big difference with the whole brand recognition and therefore brand loyalty? Well, I do because the the thing is that that it's it's been said uh, in some form in, in some research. I wish I could give you a reference right this moment, but the. Um, that if you want to remember someone's name, you use it three times in a sentence or in sentences when you're talking to them after you meet them. And that helps you remember that person's name. That's why I put the logo out there to where people see my logo over and over and over again. They're always seeing the logo. When they go to throw something away after they've emptied it, they see the logo. We tell them to keep their dog biscuits inside of the glassine bag. And I tell them it's not because it does anything for the cookies it's because the dogs get to know the noise that bag makes when that you start fiddling with it to get them a dog biscuit and they'll lose their minds and but every time they touch the bag our logo's there okay so yeah it's and to get that glassine bag again to keep the dogs happy they've got to come back to my store to get products to put in a new glassine bag mm -hmm. that's interesting gary kylie do you agree with what gary says i agree with gary <laughs> let's see if, uh, let's see if it works yeah, one more, one more. <laughs> thank you gary i um so that I mean that's that's within your control too like you know that that is your environment so you're taking advantage of every possibility to you know 
reinforce that brand. Do you do anything beyond that as well? I know, um, you know, obviously there's other advertising avenues. Um, what do you choose to do? Um, so I love free advertising. So in Louisville, I have, and I'll end up doing that here too. I start finding out who the local celebrities are on the news and I friend them on Facebook. And I send them messengers. I, I message them all the time and I'll send them messages saying, hey, guess what we just did and so on and so forth. And especially if one of those people have a dog, I eventually end up on the news. Okay. The news is the best free advertising you can get because they're in there to talk about you in the most positive light they possibly can. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and that's free. That's just absolutely free. Um, I do my own YouTube broadcast. I've got one I'm getting ready to do on these. Uh, I've got these toys that are, they're new. They're made from reclaimed sea plastic and they're dog toys and they're awesome. I mean, I'm looking at water right now. Okay. And so in an area like this, the people should think, oh, well, you know, that would be great. And so um, I'm putting together, I do my own YouTube commercials. So I'm putting together a YouTube commercial with this specific toy. Mm -hmm. and film, I'm filming it on the beach and things of this nature. I'll throw this on YouTube, but then I take that link for YouTube and I drop that link to YouTube on my website. I put it on Facebook. I put it on LinkedIn and um, the, I don't care. I don't care if somebody's connected to me in a business or whatever that is on LinkedIn, they could, they could sell, um, uh, used tires it has nothing to do with me but they want to friend me on linkedin you know i make a connection i'll do it because what happens is that every single time that when i take something like that i create it could be a blog it could be uh, a video i put it on i put it on facebook i put it on linkedin i put it on my website and the minute i do that and people start clicking on it it drives the value of gangsta dog up in the search engines mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah. and it's free so I maximize that. Now, the, um, in the Louisville store, I've tried all types of advertising. I'm taking a different approach in Virginia where because we are in a huge tourist area, mm -hmm. uh, Gangsta Dog is already in the tourism map that you, when you go by, when they come through a rest area and they go through and they look at Yorktown, we've got a big ad in that tourism map. Okay. So they distributed those yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, the... Uh, we are, we have a half page ad in go Williamsburg magazine. And there is a Yorktown insert that goes into coastal Virginia magazine. And they put that in there every year. And we have a full page ad on that. Mm -hmm. So you can so the investment. Yeah, that's, that's, and well, so, uh, Yorktown at Yorktown pays for a portion of my advertising. So I'll use every dollar they give me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They do have that. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so if they want us, if they say here, I want to give you some free money, I'll say, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. So it's interesting. Like uh, you just briefly um, brought something to the top of my mind was your different type of advertising in Virginia versus uh, down in Louisville. Is that because you've got different types of customers? And if that's the case, how do you segment those and target and advertise in different ways? Well, so the, the, the local advertising in Louisville, I do that in a, some of the, uh, we, the, we have a very high-end magazine in Louisville that we do a full page ad in that. It's called, it's called the Voice Tribune. And 
the so we advertise in that one because that one goes to a lot of local people and it's also they they that those show up in all the grocery stores things of this nature they have their own magazine stand um the it's it's a it's an old established magazine it's been in louisville since i want to say the 1940s and so it's established uh we've tried other things that fail miserably if anybody thinks about putting an ad on the back of a cash register tape at a Kroger or Harris Teeter, slap them because friends don't let friends do that. I did that. I paid for it. We got nothing back on that. So don't ever do it. It's, it's worthless. Um, the, um, so, but I, I, I focus on channels that will hit locals in Louisville because we don't have a large tourist market. Louisville is a it's called a destination spot, a destination store. Somebody has to get in their car and drive to that store with a purpose of coming into the door of Gangsta Dog. At Yorktown, 50% of the people that come in the store walk into it by accident. They walk by it and they go, oh, this is a dog store. Okay. And, and the thing that, that I've trained my, my, the people that work for me in Yorktown on is that everybody that walks in the store has our money in their pocket. It's just our job to get it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the, because when a tourist goes to a tourist location and Yorktown is such a tourist location, but when a customer goes to, a, or a person goes to a tourist location, they go there with the anticipation. It's already in their mind. I'm going to spend money here today. They're already thinking that. Yeah. So why shouldn't we be the preferred place to spend money? Spend here. It works great too for, especially if you own a dog. Yeah, especially like I know with the me and my wife. Whenever we go anywhere on a vacation, she always feels bad about leaving the dogs. So if she like walks by somewhere with like dog stuff, she'll like stop it and get us something because she feels bad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When people walk in the store and they say, "I feel guilty about leaving my dog at home," I tell them, "You should." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, here they would love this. <laughs> now that you've got like two and a half stores, I think the half is uh, you were talking about. Uh, like, there's a, a restaurant that's close to you that you also have uh, an area in uh, that because it is uh, the name of it was was it Tony's? Toby. Toby's, Toby's dog. Hot dog. <laughs> yeah, they call it Toby's doghouse, and, a, and the, their logo is a doghouse with a dog land on the inside of it. A cartoon dog. Right, so, which seems to match so well with what you're doing. So that was a great collaboration that you uh, guys have done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. And Glenn, who owns the Carrot Tree Restaurants and owns Toby's Doghouse, he's the one. He approached me and asked if I wanted to put that in there. And um, the uh, my wife is flashing me a card saying, you need to say this. <laughs> <laughs> you need to read it now. <laughs> Oh, well, anyway, so the uh, Glenn approached me and he, he knows how passionate we are about what we do and how passionate we are about dogs. And he's a dog owner and they have a hot dog store. And because his dog was, I think, I think his dog was a driving factor for his hot dog restaurant. And so because we're so passionate about what we do and we're so passionate about the dogs, we, uh, we said, okay. And I went over and we, we had to get special packaging and everything to be able to put stuff up in his store. But we got this great area in his store that's like, it's bigger than our first farmer's market and it's got more, you know, it's, it's got a, yeah, it's got, it's got a bigger selection. We even have a line of t-shirts that we're having designed that are, 
they cross-reference. They can be used in either place mm -hmm. that are fun. So we have one called, this just says, The Dogfather. <laughs> and it uses the Godfather font. Okay, <laughs> and so we got The Dogfather and we have that one. We have another one that says, I relish my dog. Ah, perfect. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on. So it's, um, uh, and then we have one that we sold like crazy in Louisville that has a, it has the logo. So this is my, my that's my dog right there. Uh -huh. that, that, that's him. Well, so we've got a simplified version of that logo and underneath of the dog with sunglasses on, it just says doing it doggy style. Okay. Well, so that's going to go in the restaurant too. And we're trying to have those all finished in time for Father's Day. Nice. And then uh, we've got a line of women's shirts. We've got, oh, yeah, we got, we got all types of stuff. And um, I was scrambling yesterday because Yorktown sent out an ad uh, stating that they're having a parade, dress your dog up in red, white, and blue. You got all types of, and you can go to Gangsta Dog to buy all of your red, white, and blue stuff to decorate your dog. And I was like, I don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh they sent the ad out already yeah they sent it out they didn't they didn't ask me about it or anything they just said gangster dog's got all this great stuff so i called the lady that manufactures our bandanas for us and i said you still have those those red white and blue the american flag collars and leashes she says yeah i've got i've got some i said i'll take all of them <laughs> nice well, i mean that was great free advertising so i mean it sounds like they're very very supportive up in yorktown Oh yeah. It's, but we've, we started the business with very low risk mm -hmm. and we've always tried to make sure the company pays for everything the company needs to do so that we keep the risk low. I haven't had to put my house up for the business or anything like that, you know, um, and I've tested everything as we've gone through it to make sure that every step that we take, we want to do, it's going to be something that's viable, that'll work. Sometimes I fall down, like with the, the register tape advertising, that was a big mistake, but you know, the thing is, is that you don't know unless you try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's the plans for the future? I know we're going to wrap up soon. So what's oh, the plan for the future? Uh, we're working with somebody that, that we've had several people walk in the store in Yorktown and want to know how they get a franchise. So we're working oh. on franchising the company. We also have a line of dog biscuits that we've created that we want to sell to um, independent pet shops and independent grocery stores across the country. And so I'm looking in Yorktown for a place where I can set up a manufacturing facility for those dog biscuits because we bake everything by hand right now. And there's, it would be physically impossible to, with the way we do it right now, to be able to take care of stores across the country. Mm -hmm. So we have to increase production capabilities. Mm -hmm. So we don't bake out of our house anymore. Right now, all of our dog biscuits are being baked in our Louisville store. Okay. Where our big oven is, but we may end up having to 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 move all of our baking to the Yorktown area. So I just like Yorktown because it's very centralized. Yeah. Who's running the uh, Louisville store? I've got a, a woman there named Desi Schwenker. She's a, she's terrific. She does the baking. She takes care of the store. She takes care of the customers. And then I've got a person that we still do one farmer's market. We still do that largest farmer's market in Louisville. We, we're still doing that right now. We were doing five farmer's markets last year. This, you're still doing it with me here. Yeah. Wow. And, um, so. Um, Are you going to do the farmer's markets here? Well, so there's a rule in Virginia that if you do farmer's markets in Virginia, you have to manufacture the products you're selling in the state. Uh, okay. So. Interesting. 
I have to wait until I move the stuff here before I started dressing farmers markets. Oh, that makes well, sense. Does, does Louisville have the same rules? <laughs> uh, the, the rules are pretty much the same now. The rules are slightly different for the Department of Agriculture. So people that think they want to get into the pet business, what they don't know is if they are making products that have their brand on it, uh, if they're making anything or they put their brand on something, the recipes for all of that with the ingredients, the guaranteed analysis has to be submitted to the Department of Agriculture and there's a fee with every recipe. Mm. And if you don't do that and they show up in your store or they show up at your location and you haven't registered your products, it's a class three misdemeanor. Wow. Okay. <laughs> don't mess around. You can, you've yeah. got, well, you've got like 50 different types of biscuits. Or yeah, I have 50 dog biscuits. I had to register every one of them. Every we one. have nine different flavors of dog food. We have dog supplements. We sell our own line of CBD dog biscuits which in Virginia is a whole new trick I had to learn. <laughs> but uh, so I've been, I've been actually, believe it or not, I've been working on getting a store in the Hampton Roads area for almost a year and a half. Wow. Before I opened one, I knew I wanted to be here. I just didn't know where. Mm -hmm. Sounds okay. like you've got a good spot though. Oh, this was amazing. <laughs> if I could find a store, if I could find a spot like this every day, I would open a store every day. <laughs> well, did you get did you get the thing that your wife was flashing at you to say? She wanted me to say that we're very passionate about our dogs. Oh, okay. And about dogs. And I, we are. I think we have four dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and four dogs? We have four dogs. We spoil them terribly. Does the um what, what what's the, the, the dog's name who's on the uh, logo? That's Bruiser. Uh, hey, Laura, is Bruiser on the porch? I'll, I'll bring him in so you can does see. Bruiser, does Bruiser uh, feel like a star compared to the other dogs? Yeah, he's very humble. <laughs> very humble. Well, so if you go in the store, I've got all four dogs up on the wall. Oh, with, nice. Okay, and so Bruiser is the dog father. Daisy is the, the president of quality control. Um, Copper does, he does protection. And this is Bruiser. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, he is handsome. Yeah, he's a handsome dog. What a and, distinct look. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's a gentleman. So yeah. He did a great yeah. job. If you go to our website, you'll see him in it. He actually owns his own pinstripe suit. Does he really? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So the um, uh, this guy right here was the, he's the registered trademark of the company. And who knows, I may have to have him clone when he gets old. If he passes. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Lloyd's of London will, will ensure that. <laughs> well, we are running out of time. Anything else you'd like to say? Um, the, for all the people that are out there, you, you can always, if, if any of the people that watch this have questions, they can always, you know, contact me through the, the website. I'll call them back. Um, they, uh, they can call the store. Um, it's, I love working with everybody. And so it's, I'll, I'll learn from you and you can learn from me, you know, because I know this goes out to other business owners. Yeah. Perfect. And what's that website? It's gangstadog.com. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's G-A-N-G-S-T-A-D-O-G. Gangsta. Yeah. yeah. Dog. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That was a really interesting chat today. Well, thanks. Any other questions from you guys? No, we're good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks.